This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, welcome everyone. Shalom Aleichem. Meseches Yevamay, Staf Yud Gimel. So the Gemara was uh, discussing the possibility of a woman who is a minor um, becoming pregnant to a viable pregnancy. Yes, last night we learned, uh, we, we discussed the sugya, that whether a katana could use a moich. But uh, there is the opinion of the Tanakhama that a katana could be mishameshes b'moich, because maybe she'll become pregnant and maybe she'll die. So the Gemara asks, in that case, then you could have a case of chamois shamiyano. You could have a mother-in-law who did miyon, because you could have a mother-in-law who gave birth as a katana, and yet she could still do miyon. So the first the Gemara says, no, it's impossible, she'll for sure die. And then the Gemara says, no, really, maybe a mother-in-law could have given birth as a katana. However, banim harehim kasimanim. If you have children, it renders you a gedoyla. So once you're a gedoyla, you can't do miyun. And then the Gemara brought a different opinion that maybe banim is even better than simanim. The Gemara says, regarding what is banim better than simanim? The Gemara says, even according to Abihuda, that it's not enough to have two pubic hairs. You have to have an abundancy of black. But uh, banim would certainly constitute as a valid sim, and that one is a gedoyla. So now the Gemara continues, Reb Zvid Amar, Reb Zvid says, Ein banim b'loy simanim. Not the pshat that banim are simanim. Not that having children is a sim and that you're a gedoyla. Maybe Banim is not a Simonayu Gedoyla, but you would, cannot have children unless you already had two pubic hairs. In other words, it's not a Siba, it's a Simon. It's not a Siba that you're a Gedoyla, it's a Simon that you have other symptoms that you're a Gedoyla. It says Rashi in Banim Alei Simonim, Hayoledes Bekatnos, one who gives birth has a Ketana Chazaka, he via Simonim. There's a Chazaka, she must have brought Simonim, and she via Simonim, Betach Yud, Beis, and once she brings Simonim within 12 months, like Timayin. She can't uh, do miyon, the hani simanim gemurim nino. These are full-fledged simanim. The svir leila of Zid, Zid holds, toichazman kalaacharzman, inyan simen. Meaning there is an opinion if you bring two pubic hairs before you're 12 years old, it's not really a sign of godless instead, it's just, it's merely what? It's merely um, uh, shuma, it's just like some kind of birthmark. But it doesn't show sign that you're a, uh, that you're, you're a gedayla. So uh, Reb Zvid holds no. If you had children, you must have had pubic hairs, and we assume those pubic hairs are a valid uh, sign that you are a gedayla. Says the Gemara. That implies that it's not absolute. You have pubic hairs. It's just a presumption. Venivdaik. So why don't we check if you have them and if you don't have them? Then you're not a gedoyla, and in that case, you could have a ketana shemiana. Uh, you could have chamoisa shemiana, because even though there's a presumption named banabloi simanam, but let's uh, let's give a bedika. So Gemara says no. If someone gave birth, then you could assume their pubic hairs, and even even if you can conduct an investigation and you don't find the hairs, you could safely assume they fell out. Chashinon shema nashu. We're afraid that maybe they fell out. Says Gemara, but there is an opinion that we're not worried that maybe here is fell at This is all fine and dandy according to the Manda Omar that a person could have pubic hairs and they could fall out. 
But according to the Mandamar that we're not Choshesh, what are you going to say? Says the Gemara, even the opinion that we're not Choshesh, that pubic hairs fall out, Mishum Tzarle the Chayshinan. There is the possibility that because of the distress of childbirth, it could really jar a woman, and she's considered, um, and there is a possibility that the pubic hairs fell out. Okay, Nusugya. So Toysus has a Gavaldiga Kasha. Ready for this, Philip? Kasha is if there's a Shash because of the Tsarleda, maybe the pubic hairs fell out, so do, do the Badika before she gives birth. How's that? If the only Shash that maybe it fell out is because maybe the Tsarleda is going to shake her up. So in the emergency room, we'll give her, we'll ask her if she's strep, I don't forgot, what do we ask them? Strep positive, strep negative, and you know, part of the investigation, we'll, we'll check for uh, pubic hairs. It's not, it's the, it's the Tsar Leda, but so check before, Tyson wants to know, so Taisa says it's not the Tsar Leda only, the Lavdafka Naka Tsar Leda Dua Dinami the Mishum Tsar Ibor Khaishino Shamanashu. It's not uh, per se the Tsar of the childbirth, it's also the the Tsar of the pregnancy. Okay. We have a very uh, controversial Gemara here. So the Gemara says like this. Um, the Mishnah said, "Kaitzad How does a erva pater tzar? And the Gemara says, the erva married Ruvain, and Ruvain had another wife, and then Ruvain's co- then Ruvain dies, and the co-wife marries Shimon, and Shimon has another wife, so the co-wife answers her co-wife. Minohani mili, how do I know a co-wife answers her co-wife? Omer Rabbi Yehuda, says, the Amar Kra litzrar, hatoyra ribsot The Torah includes many tzaris. Ravashi Amar, Ravashi says, Svarahi. How do you know Tsara Tsara is Asur? It's a Svara. Tsara, my time Asira. Why is it Tsara Asur? Why is it Tsara Asur? Because she's standing in the place of an Erva. Meaning, She is a brother's wife, and she's falling together with an erva. And the Torah says Latsur. So now, since she is with an erva, so she cannot fall to yibum. So once she can't fall to yibum, Tsara Nami Vakam Erva Kaima Tsara is also in the place of an erva because she's falling with a tsara. So the Gemara says that there are two sources. Is Machlokes? How do I know Tsara Tsara? Rav Yehuda says from Litzrar. Ravashi says it's a Svara. Now you know there's a famous rule. Whenever you see a circle with a line in it, Rabbi Kiva Eger is not far away. You know that rule? It's one of the rules in the Constitution of the United States of America. That whenever you see a circle with a line in it, it means Rabbi Kiva Eger is close by. So if you look in the Goyen Ashas. Rabbi Kivager says, look at Beis Amun Aleph, Toysvis, Debrei Hamaschal Ad Saif. 
Here's, but before we see that Taisus, you have to know a Pasha Gemara on Beis and Beis. The Gemara had a Brisa on, excuse me, Gimel Amad Beis. And the Brisa on Gimel Amad Beis wants to know, Minahani Mili. And the Gemara says, Ainli Elahensar Seminayin. Ainli Elahit Sarasiminayin Tamilar Lotsar. So we have a brisa that says that the source of Sarasara is Litzrar. So how could you have a Gemara with Rabbi Huda and Ravashi offering different opinions? You have an explicit brisa. The brisa says, we learn that from Litzrar. So what's Ravashi saying? It's a Svara. It's a Kasha. Toysus is Kasha on Beza Menalaf. Second Toysus in the in the Mesachta, Toysus says, on the end of the second Toysus, the second to last narrow line, the Kabay, Minani Mili, says Toysus, when our Gemara asks, how do I know, the Shail of the Gemara is not, how do I know, because that's a Beferish Bryce and Gimelam and Beis, the Kabay Minani Mili, Right, the, excuse me, the Behedya Darsh Lubba Brysa, Mi Litzrar. The Brysa learns it explicitly out of Litzrar. The Shaila of Minani Mili here is not how do I know Tsara Tsara. Tsara Tsara I learned from Litzrar. The Shaila is how do I know beyond Tsara Tsara. Number 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Ela Afilu Kai. It's going on when the mission says even a hundred. So Behuda says they're all learned out of Litzrar. Litzrar says Tsara is Harbe. Just like it includes number two, it includes three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ad, ad infinim. Bravashi tzavar, no, Litzvar was only mashma two. Elotre, vafilu hein meya, even a hundred. Where'd everybody go? Even. One second. So again, Toysis is. Uh, Tysus was saying, the Kash again was that the Brisa says explicitly we learn out Sarasara from Litzrar. And how could the Gemara bring in Rav Ashi, who uh, Rav Ashi says it's a Svara. So the way Tysus learns the Sugya is that um, Sarasara we learn from Litzrar, and Ad, Ad Mea, that is a Machlekes, Rav Ashi and Rav Yehuda, whether it's learned from Litzvah or it's a svar. That's Toysus on Beis Amid Aleph. It's a pretty important Toysus. It, uh, it comes up a number of times. Okay. Weiter. Ketzad imesu hein. Fine. So now the Mishnah said that if any, if the erva dies, or if let's say the erva divor- uh, gets divorced, or if the erva does mion, the halacha is, then the tzara is mutter. Says the Gemara, that implies not only if, let's say, you first divorced the erva and then married a tzara. In other words, like this. Let's say Ruvain married the daughter of Shemayin. He then divorced her. And then he married Shprinza. So the so Shprinza was never the tzara of Bitai. And then Ruvain dies. So then obviously Shemayin can marry this uh, Shprinza, because Shprinza was never a co-wife to the daughter of Shimon. So the Mishnah says, Kanas 
even if, let's say, you first married the Tzara and then you divorced the Erva. Meaning, even if they were uh, simultaneous co-wives, nevertheless, if at the time that they fell to Yibum, they, if at the time they fell to Yibum, they were not co-wives, so then the Erva will not answer the Tzara. Or a Minhu, we're going to ask a Stira from this Brisa, the implication of the Brisa, and Aflamid, um, is it a Brisa or a Mishnah? I think it's a Mishnah. The implication is that no, that the heter of a tzara is only if they were never uh, tzaras at all. Gimel Achim, let's say of three brothers, Ruben, Shimon, Levi, Shnayim, Mehan, Nesuem, Bezachayas. Two were married to two sisters. Ruben and Shimon were married to Rachel and Leah. The Achad, Nasoi, Nachris. And one of them was married to a Stama woman. So Levi was married to Yenta. Girish echad mi ishtai. Let's say one of the two brothers who is married to a sister died. Excuse me, um, divorced his wife. So Shimon, who is married to Rachel, Shimon divorced Rachel. Umeis hanasoi nachris. And then Levi, who is married to Yanta, died. So Shimon used to be married to one of the sisters, Rachel. But Shimon... Div- I don't think Levi was the one who was married to the Nachris. Why? We must, be, we must be talking about the kid, because what's the difference if Levi was married to one of the Nachris? Here we're going to talk about where it, it would be Ahos Ishto would be the Tsar. If you divorced one of them, then the Nachris is left over from that. No? Mm, I don't think so. Here, let's try this, okay? I didn't, I didn't look ahead, but... The, that would seem to make the logical assumption. Here, what, uh, okay, could we, let me just say it out. Let's see if it works. Okay. So Gemara, it says, Gimel Achim, Nashimahim, Shnaimahim, Nashimahim, Bezachos. Again, Reuben is married to sister, Bezachos, Nashimahim, Ladies married to Yenta, Girishachim, Valachos, Ishtoi. So Shimon divorced his wife. One of those married to the sister divorced his wife. Umeis, Hanosoi, Nachris, and Levi, who is married to Yenta, he, he, um, he, what's it called? Uh, he died, Levi died. The Kansa HaMagarish. And Shimon, who divorced Rachel, married Yenta. Right? Umes, and now Shimon dies. So this woman was never a Tzara with a sister. And she falls to Ruvain. Umes Zu, Umes, and Shimon dies. Zuhi Shamru, about such a case, Chazal say, Shem Meisu, if they die in Isgarshu or they divorce their wife. In other words, if the woman dies, if Rachel were to have died, or if Shimon were to have divorced Rachel, so this is a case where Shimon once upon a time was married to a sister, but he but the sister either died or he divorced her before he married Yanta. That's the case. Okay? So we're going to be medayek from this case. The reason why if Shimon dies and Yenta falls to Ruvain, Ruvain can marry her, is because Yenta was never a tsaras Eishas Achesisha. Yenta was never tsaras Achesisha. Taima, the Gireh Shvachekach Kanas, reason is because 
Shimon divorced her and then he married Yenta. Aval Kanas, but if he were to have married Yenta, and then he would have divorced Rachel. Why? Because that would have taka bin Tsaras Erva. Even though they didn't fall together, but if they were married together, that's a Tsara. In other words, right now the Gemara is debating what is the heter if there's a death or a divorce to matter the Tsara. Is that only, is that so long as the death or divorce happens before the women fall to Yibam, or does it happen, have to happen before they were ever in the same household together? So the Mishnah seems to say, even if he married and then divorced the Erva, and this Mishnah and Aflamid seems to say no, only if he divorced and married before he married the Erva. In other words, it's only, excuse me, if the Erva died or was divorced before he married the Nachris. So the Gemara says, you're right. It's Taka Stira, Amr of Yirmiya. Tavra, break it in half. It's a Stira. Misha Shanazu, Lai Shanazu. Whoever learned the Mishnah on Beis did not learn the Mishnah on Lamed. The Mishnah on Beis holds that it works as long as the death or divorce was before the Tzara fell to Yibum then that is sufficient as long as they were not co-wives at the time of at the time of Yibam, even if they were once upon a time co-wives. The Mishnah Daflamid holds that it has to be that you divorced or or the erva died before you married the co-wife. Haitana Savar Misamapelas. The Tana of our Mishnah holds that it's the death of the husband that causes an erva and her co-wife to fall to Yibam and therefore as long as they're not together at the time of Nefila, it's not a problem. But high Tana Savar, the Tana Daf Laman holds, Nesuin Harishoinim Mapilam. It's the initial marriage, the original marriage, that causes them to fall to Yibam. Now, I would not have said the original marriage. I would have said the current marriage of Shimon causes the Erva and Ertzara to fall to Yibam. And therefore, if they were ever married to Shimon at the same time, Shimon's death will cause the Tzara to be Aser. But it's not the death of Levi that's causing it. What does it mean, Nesuin Harishonim? Now, remember we learned the rule today? Whenever you see a circle with a line in it, it means Rabbi Kivegar. This is somewhat of a point of Eon. In other words, why, why is the Gemara referring it to Nesu and Harishonim? L'chayra, the reference here is to the current marriage. Look at Rashi. V'tana debraisa savar. The Tana debraisa holds Nesu and Harishonim sho'isha nasais lebala the original Nesuin, that the woman is married to the husband, ma'pilim oisa li'ibam, causes her to fall to yibam. In other words, once they are married together, that is a preparatory stage of yibam. Hilkach mishenasis tzaras erva sha'achas, once she becomes a tzaras erva for even a moment, asura oilamis. Okay, finally we come to the last stanza of the Mishnah. The, the last stanza of the Mishnah is, Any woman who could do Mion and doesn't do Mion, 
Sarasa Chaylatzas Veloy Mesiabemes. Any Erva Katana who could do Mion and doesn't, and the brother dies, since the fact that she could do Mion indicates that she was married off only Midrabanan and her Kedushan is Midrabanan, so she's never going to ask her the Tzara from Chalitza, she'd only ask her the Tzara from Yibam, but there's still she's still falling Midraisa, and therefore she requires Chalitza na Yibam. So now the Gemara has a Gavaldiga Kasha. The reason why anyone who could have done Mion but doesn't, the Tzara you do Chalitza to, or requires Chalitza, not Yibam, it's because her marriage is Midrabanan. But we all know that, when, that if a woman could do Mion, if she does, she's like the marriage, the Mafreya. So why doesn't she just do Mion? And then it turns out she was never married to the deceased brother. And she never falls to Yibam. And then you could do Yibam to the Tzara. Why don't we just say, let her do Yibam, um, Mion now, and do Yibam to the Tzara. Rashi, V'timoyen, Rashi's in Smackham on the page. Let the Erva do Mion now, and say she didn't want the Kedushin that my mother my brother married me off. And then the Kedushin is Batal, and do Yibam to the Tzara. Why don't you do Yibam to the Tzara? Because Midaraisa, it's a Tzara Sarva. Make it not a Tzara Sarva. Because we know the way that Mion works is she's Oikar, the original Kedushin. So since she could say, look, I never liked the guy anyway, because, I don't know, he didn't learn Mesech Yivamas enough, you know? That's what I really wanted. I wanted a husband who learned Mesech Yivamas. So let her do Mion now. And let her be Oikar the marriage. Says the Gemara... The fact that we're not considering the possibility of her doing Mion to the husband, this seems to support the position of Rabbaishia. Mion only works for Maimar. What does that mean? That if a woman falls to Yibum and the Yavam does Maimar to her, which is Kedushim Midrabonon, she could do Mion to that and be Oikar the Maimar, but she's then left with the original Zika to that Yavam and she has to do Chalitza. So Mion does, according to Rabbi only removes the Kedushim Drabanon that a Yavam may have done to her, but it does not remove the Yetzam Zika. Rashi says, this that we learned later on in Perk Beishamay, Beishalel, Oymrim, Bebalu V'yama, B'yavam, L'mamaray. She can only do Mion to Maimar. So that if the Yavam does Maimar to the Yavam Katana and she does Mion, she's Mafkia the Maimar. And now she reverts back to only having Zika and you do Chalitza to her. But she cannot do Mion to her Zika to, to uproot the original Kedushin. Meaning the opinion of Rabbi Ishiya is that Mion will not uproot the original marriage. If it would uproot the original marriage, then, then that means Mion could take care of the Zika. But the fact that it doesn't take care of the Zika means the Zika is still there. Rabbi Ishiya is of the opinion that she cannot uproot the original marriage. 
and therefore she cannot go out without chalitza. So to this erva, her mion is not going to get her out of the zika to the yavam, so she's going to be zakub to the yavam, and she's going to answer her tzara to for yibam. Because the opinion of Rabbi Shia is mion cannot be oiker the kedushin l'mafreya. At least not to the extent to matter the tzara. So the Gemara says, no, lie, no. Really, I'll tell you Rabbi Shia is wrong. And really, I'll tell you mion is oiker the kedushin. And really, if it's oiker the kedushin, you should be able to do yibam to the tzara. But like we had on... The tsara of an erva is different. The tani rami bar because rami bar taught miyana bebal. If she does mion to the husband, muteres laaviv. She's mutter to the father. This is stama case. Rami bar said the following. A woman who, let's say a katana, was married to a guy and then it does me into the Baal, even though she lived with him, she could marry her fa- this guy's uh, father. So you imagine she was married to a guy for 10 years, not for 10 years, for a couple years, and then she did Mion, she could marry the father because she's uprooting the Kedushin Lamafreya. So she's just living with... Um, he is living with Anusas Benoit, which is Mutter. You're allowed to live with Anusas Benoi. Where do we have that? We have that in Dalit Omer Aleph, in a Mishnah. Noise Adam Anusas Omer Anusas Benoi, Anusas Benoi. Mia no but let's say she didn't get a chance and her husband died without children and she wants to do me until the Yavam. And she's going to be Oikr, the original Kedushin. Asura la'aviv, she will be usher to the father. Why? What's the difference? Why will she be usher to the father? Alma mishas nefila nerus because once she falls in Yibam, she looks like the daughter-in-law. Meaning, if, the, if she stayed with the Kedushin to the extent that she was married to the guy and then he died and she falls in Yibam, even though by doing Mion she's Oikar, the whole relationship, but the fact that she falls, it looks like she had a formal relationship and she cannot live with her former husband's father. So once she falls in Yibam, she's stuck. Hachanami, here also in this case, where a woman is falling to Yibam, let's say your daughter is falling to Yibam, since she falls to Yibam, so then her tsara looks like tsaras bitai, nearest katsaras bitai. Okay? Weiter. We continue on in the Mishnah. This, now, this Mishnah, this Mishnah, um, we had quoted many times. We had this on Gimel Amid Beis. Sheish Arayos Chamorus Me'elo. Six arayos are more chamur than these. What's these? When we say six arayos are more chamur than these, what we mean is than the, than the 15 mentioned in the Mishnah. The 15 arayos mentioned in the Mishnah, they're not your relative. These women are not related to you from your father's side. So since they're not related to you from your father's side, they can end up ma- marrying your brother from the father. But the following six arayos, it's not that they're more chamur, it's just that since they're related to you, Mitzad Ha'av, they'll never marry your brother from the father. 
So Sheish Arayas Chamurus Me'ela. The following six Arayas are more Chamur than the 15 mentioned earlier. Because they can only marry others and they cannot marry the brother. And therefore, Tzorah Sein Mutarais. Therefore, if they marry a stranger and the stranger dies, the Tzorah is Mutar because it's not a Tzorah's Erva B'makam Yibam. Who's this? Imai, your mother. Now we had before that the Imai over here is Anusa Saviv, but not Aisha Saviv. And the reason why it can't be Aisha Saviv The reason why it could be, excuse me, even Anusa Saviv is because the town of the Mishnah is Rabbi Huda, who asters Anusa Saviv. So, Ima, your mother, in other words, but not your father's wife. Ve'isha Saviv, or if your father's wife. Ve'achoy Saviv, or your father's sister. Your brother from the father cannot marry your father's sister. Achoy Saviv, your sister from the father. Your paternal sister. Ve'eshes achi aviv. And your brother from the father's wife. Let's say your brother dies with children. That woman will never marry your brother. Because to him it's eshes ach. Shalai b'makam yibam. Ve'eshes achiv me'avav. And your brother and your father's brother's wife. Can't marry your brother. And now we come to a very interesting statement. Something that we're going to discuss at length at the end of the parak. And that is, until now we always assumed Tzaras Erva is Aser, but this is not unanimously held. This is only the opinion of Beis Hillel. But Beis Shammai disagrees. Beis Shammai matirin hatzaras achim. Beis Shammai says that Tzaras can marry the brothers. Well, Beis Hillel Aser and Beis Hillel Asers. So this is an example where Beis Hillel is more machmer than Beis Shammai. And that is exactly where we're going to hold it here. We'll finish the Mishnah as a Hashem tomorrow, and uh, we shall proceed. Okay, sorry for the glitch in the Zoom. Shkoyach Reb Philip for the relief pitch, and uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one. Just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.